right, welcome everyone to the first Truman Middle College podcast. Um, I am, it's a high school in Truman College in Chicago, Illinois. I am Mr. Jordan, and I'm here with two fine young students. We'll go ahead and have Brandon introduce himself. Hello, I'm Brandon Ning. This is my third year of high school. I'm trying to do every single sport, club, pretty much everything I can to look good in college. There you go. And also for its intrinsic value. Yeah. Yeah, you had a you had an academic bowl meeting earlier today and then came to this podcast recording. So he's busy. All right, and Charday. Hello, I'm Charday Smith. Um, this is I think my twelfth year total. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like your senior year. Yeah, my senior year. Um pretty excited for college and yeah. Okay. Do you have do you have a... You don't have to know, and it can certainly change something you might want to study when you get to college. Um, I was thinking, like, either dental or maybe, like, a radiologist or wow. one of those, or if I want to get into business, but... Mm. I mean, the good thing about dental and radiology is we'll always need those people. Teeth aren't going away. Yeah, that is that. true. Well, we had so many topics, since this is the first one, so many different topics we could discuss, um, and we decided on one that we haven't prepped at all, we haven't had any discussions about this, it's, I've seen over the years it kind of calls up, stirs up a lot of emotions, because it taps into some pretty central things, Uh, but we're going to talk about animals, and in particular about eating meat. Why don't we all start with, why don't we all share our favorite type of meat to eat? Go ahead, Brandon, you can start. Hmm, I'd probably say fried chicken. Fried Fri- chicken's very good. Fried chicken's very good, all right. Charday? Um, I would say, like, chicken in, like, all areas, like smothered chicken, grilled chicken, chicken. Um, I said chicken again, but, um, yeah. And also some beef, you know, yeah. I'm wondering, can we all pick chicken with so many meats out there to eat? Because I would probably pick buffalo wings. Hmm. Then I'll choose ragu beef, the... High-grade Japanese beef. All right. Wow, we sure like our meat eating. Do you think, in the broadest sense, do you think human beings were meant to eat meat? Charday. I think so, yes. And why do you say that? Um, Because, like, although, like, veganism and being a vegetarian is probably, like, good and, you know, has its benefits, I still think that the body needs, like, red meat. You know, like, somewhere deep down, you know you want a piece of steak. (laughs) Now, is that you want a piece of steak because, like, the physiology of your body is calling for it? Or is it just because you grew up in this culture taught you to eat and enjoy red meat? Um, I think a bit of both. Like, you don't have to eat, like, so much meat, but, like, at least... One piece of meat, at least a year. I can't tell. Sometimes they say your cravings are good things to follow. Like, ooh, I want a piece of red meat because maybe you're low on iron and you're going to get it in the red meat. But the other cravings, like I crave sugar all the time and my body doesn't really need a piece of candy. So I can't really tell whether to follow cravings. Yeah, I heard that that's like you're not hydrated. Your kidney needs water. If you are want sugar. Yeah, oh boy, sugary I'm, things. I'm really hydrated. All right, um, Brandon, um, do you think the human beings were meant to eat meat? In my humblest opinion, I had to say yes. From the dawn of ages, when we were a homo sapien, where, where we just became bipedal monkeys, pretty much. We pretty much survived basically on meat, vegetables, so we were like omnivore, but mostly because of meat, we somehow learned 
the power of fire and we put meat on top of it and it mm -hmm. cooked. Mm -hmm. That pretty much what made our brain as smart as us pretty much now compared to like other animals. So you think eating meat helped evolve our brains into this like unbelievably intelligent creature slash organ? Yeah, pretty much. That's like the only real difference I could tell between us separating us from chimpanzees, who's our relative cousin. Do chimpanzees eat meat? Are there some they eat meat. Eat it's meat? just they don't eat cooked meat. They don't eat cooked meat, and certainly maybe cooked meat is safer because you're killing whatever that might be bacteria or something in the meat. Mm -hmm. So now you bring up a very good point. So it is. It sounds like both of you agree that eating meat is somehow in the order of nature. It's a part of our physiology. I've heard people say, you know, how you have those sharp canine teeth, that that's for tearing meat, and that's proof. Though I've heard other people argue, a lot of meat eaters have a really short intestine. I guess small intestine. We have a really long, small intestine, which means we absorb more meat. Which means we absorb more cholesterol. So I've heard people argue, well, maybe we're not meant to eat meat because of our small intestine. Other people say we are meant to eat meat because of our canine teeth. Who knows? But it, maybe a lot of people would argue it seems like it fits with nature that we eat meat. Like, did you say hunter-gatherers? Mm -hmm. Like hunter-gatherers did. But we're not hunter-gatherers anymore. No one, 99.9% .9 of the time, no one is going out and finding a wild animal to eat. We are all, virtually all of us, especially people here in cities, are buying meat at the grocery store or at a restaurant, and those all come from factory farms that have tons and tons of chickens, tons and tons of pigs, and tons and tons of cows in really unpleasant circumstances. Does that make sense? Yeah. Charday, would it be okay if one of us wanted to eat a dog or a cat? No. Why not? Because those are, like, considered pets. I mean, so can, like, chickens and cows. But I feel like... No. Okay, no, because there are pets. Yeah, pretty much. Brandon, would it be wrong for someone to eat a cat or a dog? I'd say it depends on where you are and where you grew up in. Because, let's say in China, I before I came here, mm -hmm. like, I was pretty much eating dogs, cats, just to live, and also because I want to try it how it was. Mm -hmm. And then if you go over to America, mm -hmm. it's pretty much considered unruly, forbidden, right. because everyone knows that, oh, it's a lovely dog and cat, it's a household pet. Why would you eat such an important companion? Right. And I have to say, in terms of American standard, I'd say no. But in some places in China, like world, places like rural villages I'd say it's okay but it pretty much depends where you go up in and what region is acceptable to it. Were you saying something similar Charday? Does that make sense? Like do you think you would be okay eating dog if you grew up in a culture that ate dogs? Or do you think there's something about a dog objectively universally about dogs that they never should be eaten? Yeah I think so because like that's like Pig, like you eat pigs, but I don't eat pork. Is it you eat pigs, but you don't eat pork? No, it's like a like pork for Americans, mm -hmm. but I don't eat pork. Is there a reason that you want to share why you don't eat pork? Because it's like a little pig, and it's oinky and pink. And <laughs> we might have to define terms, oinky. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it also rolls in mud. So I would also say like 
it depends on how like well kept like the animal I am eating is like kept in hygiene wise like interesting very fair so you can read the descriptions or watch the underground videos it's it's astonishing the conditions of the animals that then turn into the meat in our grocery stores I mean like if, if somebody stepped on a dog's paw and hurt it for five minutes, you'd think that's a terrible person, right? Don't do that to a dog. That poor dog held, felt pain in its paw for five minutes. What about animals, at least in the cow and pigs, that are even more complex neurologically than a dog, feeling pain and torture almost their entire life, stacked in cages, urinating on each... I mean, it's, it's, it's really, really terrible. Now, if you don't want to eat a pig because... It's, so a pig is smarter than a dog. It has you know, more complex neurology, arguably a greater capacity for love, pain, and friendship. Is that a reason, Chardet, why you don't want to eat a pig? No. It's because they're only I think pigs? that would be the reason I wouldn't want to eat a dog, though. Because I feel like a bond in love. With a dog? Yeah. With the dogs in general? Yeah. And pigs, it's like, I don't know. So can we imagine a culture that has pigs as pets the way do dogs and every kind of joy and pleasure and companionship people get with dogs, they also get with pigs, if not more so, because those are more complex animals. Can we imagine a culture like that? Yeah. And maybe that's one of the reasons you don't want to eat pigs, right? Because you can imagine that they have those capabilities to be companions too, like you said with dogs. No, they're just, they don't seem clean to me. They don't seem clean. Yeah, but I mean, no, it's gonna. No. You're doing great. <laughs> I mean, I guess, is it as simple as an animal? Brandon, let me just, let me just ask you the same question. Is there, let's, let's ask this. Is there a hypocrisy? with someone who says, I could never eat a dog, that's terrible and cruel, but I eat pigs all the time and don't mind that they're tortured in factory farms because a pig is a more complex animal, potentially with a greater capacity for love, pain, and friendship. Is there a hypocrisy if someone says that? Oh yeah, most definitely. Because that's pretty much uh, societal norms right now. And that's pretty much what we grew up based on in America. Mm -hmm. And in my opinion, I'd say, Everything is all white or all wrong. That means, like, killing any life in general, like even an insect, would mm -hmm. be considered wrong or it would be considered natural. Like, it's mm -hmm. part of all natural ways how nature works, so I would consider that to be all correct. Would you say, then, there is a sort of a systemic hypocrisy in the way Americans treat animals in that you get in trouble if you abuse a dog but you can let a pig get abused its entire life and then eat it, and that's just sort of how America works. And that, do you say that's like, well, that's a hypocritical, that's systemic hypocrisy. Oh yeah, 100%. Because any animal life, human life, insect life, pretty much anything in the animal family, that's pretty much hypocrisy. Because if you consider all life as equal, no matter what they are, what they did, who they are, and even their intelligence level, mm -hmm. that's all wrong if you want to kill them, abuse them in any sort of way. No matter what their intelligence level. Yep. 
Charday, let's say you go home tonight and you see a spider in the bathtub. What mm -hmm. would you do? Honestly, for spiders, I usually grab the spider and I take it outside. You do? Yeah, but if it's a fly, I'm going to kill a fly with all joy. I hate flies. <laughs> <laughs> so a spider, you want to make sure it lives, is safe and comfortable, can yeah. return to its family. But a fly, it's just, it's just murder. Right yeah, away. the first thing that comes to my head. Why the difference between those two insects? Because I feel like spiders are just, like, more meaningful than flies. Interesting. How so? Because they, there are, you know, flies are cool and everything. You know, they buzz in your ear. But, like, <laughs> spiders, they create webs and, you know. So do we just choose animals that seem cooler to us and create pretty things and those are okay and then we can kill the ones that seem are ugly and annoying? I suppose that's a loaded question, but... I mean, I guess. I mean... Well, here's a weird question. Do you think an individual fly can feel happiness and sadness? Mm, I'm not sure. Do you feel a dog can feel happiness and sadness? Yeah. Can a squirrel feel happiness and sadness? Probably, yeah. Do you think if we have a group of squirrels, they have different personalities? Like that's the outgoing squirrel, that's the bully squirrel, that's the shy squirrel? Yeah, it's like a squirrel world. Okay, but then you think at some point if we get maybe low enough on the animal hierarchy, some of that starts to stop. Like you might not want to say that with spiders? I guess so. But to me, it's like spiders don't really serve a purpose. Interesting. Yeah. They're just like there and they land on poop and eat it. <laughs> you must really like bumblebees because they serve, you know, they pollinate. Yeah, bumblebees. Like, you know, I won't hit a bumblebee if it's like Brian. I'll just like tell it to go away. Right. But a spider, I might chase it down the street. You know, that's a really interesting, I mean, that's an interesting question. What would, what would the consequences be if an animal was eliminated from the earth? Like, if we eliminated all mosquitoes, would it be just like, oh, great, it's less annoying. But if we eliminated all bees, it's like, oh, my God, we have no more fruit. Do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Are there some species that just mean a lot more, so eradicating one of them? Or do they all have an equal balance in the you know, cycle of life or whatever? Mm -hmm. I'd have to say that in terms of cycle of life, yeah, they all pretty much are equal, but... For me, I would say we're measuring based on how useful you are to mankind. So for bees, they produce honey. We like honey a lot, and it pretty much lasts forever. And also they pollinate all the flowers, all the fruits, mm -hmm. all the trees mm -hmm. that we use. Mm -hmm. And they're just in general very useful to us. And also they're passive aggressive, you would say. Because if you leave them alone, they won't bother you. But if you attack them, they attack you back. So that's a really good question. Should we gauge the value of all animals just based on what they do for us as humans? Like, are we on top of this whole animal food chain and all of our decisions can be like, well, we'll decide whether we'll let you stay around or not? Or do we just have to honor an animal just because they have, I guess if they have rights, right? If I say, animal, you have rights, that's somehow independent of how you might or might not serve us. Does that make sense? Yeah. Charday, any... Thoughts? Do it. Let's take a bird. Let's say there's a bird tweeting out in the tree. Does that bird have rights? In nature, yeah. 
Ooh, interesting. Go ahead. Tell me what you mean by nature. Um, since there's like, we're more like, I would say humans turned into like more indoor people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And animals are still outdoorish. Well said. Maybe there's a human constructed world and then mm-hmm. the not yet who human. We're in yeah. a human constructed world. So is it like once a bird flies into a human construct? I remember once I was in an airport and somehow a bird had gotten in the airport and it was like flying around the airport. Does that bird then no longer have rights once they're in a human constructed arena? Um, yes, I think it's the bird still does have rights. So like make it out it wouldn't necessarily like give a person a right to kill it probably like to help set it free but you know right if that makes sense right 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 brandon does an ant have rights one single ant you see on the sidewalk does it have rights hmm i'd say everything has rights anything that's living has rights even trees pretty much have rights it's just that whoever's an apex predator, let's say, for example, us humans, mm-hmm. we are pretty much in control of everything. So we're pretty much the decision, decision maker between either I crush you or I don't. Just leave you alone. So, and then I think the question becomes, I know this was in our philosophy class, is that just something humans can do or is that something humans should choose not to do? Let's say we're at the top and we can crush the ant. Being able to do it is one thing, but asking whether it's right to do it is another thing. We could say that ant has rights, therefore I ought not do X, Y, and Z to it. So when you say, like, look, whoever's on the top can do whatever they want to it, are you saying that makes it okay morally, or just because you're powerful means you can, but that doesn't necessarily mean you should? Morally, never. It's never right, no matter what condition it is. It's never right. It's just either you have the option to, and you just deciding to do it or not to do it. But you're saying that moment when you're deciding to do it or not to do it is a moral choice. There's a, maybe a right or wrong in that moment. Honestly, I'm not sure. Because I know the moment you crush the ant or anything that prov- pretty much directly harms them, it's wrong no matter what happens. And me personally, I'd, I'd still crush the ant just for seeing it. Just to see the crushing. Mm-hmm. So we got Brandon killing a bunch of ants. We have Charday slaughtering flies all over the place. Charday, have you ever had a close relationship with an animal? Um, yeah, my dog. Uh, you currently have a dog? No, she passed away, and yeah, that was very sad. Oh, I'm sorry. How long ago? Um, it was like in June. Oh my gosh, that's pretty recent. Yeah. Was that the one dog of your life? Yeah, I had her since I was in like second grade. So oh my gosh. We grew up together. I feel like the only way to explain to people when a pet dies is a family member passed away. Yeah, it kind of felt like that. You know, I, I always just say, like, when I was little, I was like, dang, too bad you couldn't turn into a human. So we could just, like. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's no question that your dog felt love, pain, friendship, uh, connection to you. Could you, did your dog have moods? Was there like, oh, I think... Yeah, she did have moods. She was like pretty moody. Sometimes very playful. You could just tell because she'll make like these little facial, well, dog expressions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they used to be just so cute, you know. If you were sitting on the bed crying, would your dog come up and know something was wrong with you? Yeah, she'll know something if like voices are like at a higher pitch. She'll start like hiding. 
Brandon, she was just, it was very eloquently, she eloquently explained her dog had preferences, moods, all that kind of stuff. When you were talking about animal rights, should we say any creature that has things like moods, emotions, preferences, connections, sounds like a being that has rights? Because sometimes people say peop things have rights when they have preferences. Like her dog would choose her over a random stranger on the street, would choose to play, you know, all that kind of stuff. I'd say no matter what, they still have rights. Because let's say ants, for example, although neuro neurologically they have like no brains, no IQ, no nothing, but I would say like everything has a soul, no matter what. It has a soul. If it's alive, mm -hmm. plants and animals. Yeah, they all have a soul. And that even includes dogs. It's just that, for like me personally, I'd say that if they don't really have a brain, they can't really think, and I can't see or observe that action. I'd say I feel less guilty about like let's say harming them in any way. So, so the more complex your neurology, the more you can think, have preferences, feel pain, feel emotions. Yeah, in terms of like physically seeing it and observing it, and pretty much processing that in your brain. I mean, just going back to our earlier conversation, all the stuff that Chardet was just saying about her dog, I think you could isolate, maybe not a chicken, you could isolate any cow or any pig, and that cow or pig would have the exact same capacity for the kind of love and connection that Chardet had for her dog. And then I think an, an animal activist or a vegetarian would say, since you would never torment a dog its entire life and then eat it, you ought not do that to equally, if not more, complex animals. How does that argument sit with you, Chardet? That's just, that's going to be an argument of an animal activist or a vegetarian. Um, well, I know in Belize, they like house rats, then they eat them. So they're like pet rats, and they eat them. Whoa! That's an interesting question. Can there be such a thing as a pet that you then plan to eat? Isn't that like, doesn't that, isn't that, isn't that conflicting in some ways? You're saying they have pets? So pets are, rats oh. are supposed to be smart and good pets. Yeah, but that's also like saying like a chicken and then you eat that chicken's eggs. So when but, somebody has chickens in their backyard, do they form relationships with the chickens and then eat it? Or do they just keep seeing the chickens as food and eat it? It depends. Yeah. Because if you spend, let's say, uh, maybe like one year with the chicken, you form some sort of bond. So even though you're like eating their eggs on a weekly basis, mm -hmm. I still like want to form some sort of bond because I'm seeing it so regularly. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't, I'm not sure how. Could you, if you did that, could you then eat it? Oh yeah, day? I eat it. <laughs> even though you formed a bond with it? Yeah. But you would never do that with a pet, cat, or dog? I still do it. <laughs> you would do it with the... I'm not even going to ask about your dog, Chardet. We know. No. There's too much love. So the rat, So what you're talking about is, you said Belize? Yeah. Do they just raise rats to eat, or do they actually like have it as pets, interact with it, oh, look, we're playing with the rat, our pet, and then eat it? I think like what he said, like when you have like something in such close mm -hmm. contact, you end up bonding with it. Like you're babysitting a baby. Unless you have to have sure. like some type of empathy and like sympathy. Sure. One of those words. Um, yeah, I feel like it's, like, naturally human just to, like, fill a bond for something that has a heartbeat. 
do you think then could you ever eat anything that you formed a bond with? Unfortunately, yes. Okay, but not a dog or a cat. Yeah. Well, do we know? You haven't formed a bond with a pig yet. You haven't formed a bond with a cow yet. Oh, actually, that's a lie. Because I always joked with my dad and said, if it was ever to be like an apocalypse or like war, and it was like a food shortage, I would eat my dog. I used to just joke with them about that because we have kind of like a dark humor. We share dark humor. And, you know, it would kind of be like a good sacrifice and honor for us to live longer. Um, I Actually, that sounds the way like some Native Americans treat if they were to kill and eat a buffalo. It's just not a mass slaughter of, a, of an unthinking thing, which is kind of sounds like the way we treat our pigs and cows, but it's we honor this animal, we kill it in a respectful way, we use every part of it, and we thank it. Mm-hmm. for all that it has given us. There's a famous science fiction story called A Boy and His Dog by an author named Harlan Ellison. It's post-apocalyptic. It's already nuclear war. There's a boy and his dog walking around, best friends. They meet a girl, and mm-hmm. so to, you know he can kind of have a romance, but at some point, I think maybe because of starvation, he has to decide which one of those he's going to eat. Which one do you think he chooses? The girl. He chooses the girl. Because it's a boy and his dog, and they're like close bond. One more thing, because I know this is a super excellent and long first podcast. Charday, let's say, let's say humans are 100 times smarter than a cricket, correct? Most people think it's okay, hey, if I want to plant a garden, I'm going to have to tear up and get rid of the cricket's habitat because I want to plant a garden. So sorry, crickets, you're either going to die because you don't have a place to live anymore. Mm-hmm. Most people are okay with that. Would you be okay with that? Um. Worms. What if it was worms? Worms, yeah. Because I feel like, but I don't see why I couldn't plant a garden. Well, with the worms? Yeah. I mean, I guess, I, you know, I can't think of the animals. You know, people have pesticides because oh, yeah. in some place there are pe- there's animals, insects in the area that are going to ruin my crops. So okay. I'm going to put essentially this poison that will kill them so they can't do it. So let's say there's a, a pest insect. We're 500 times smarter than you'd be okay killing them to plant your garden, right? I mean, I have a garden myself and... Well, issue like that, let's say crickets, they start eating your crops, locusts, like how the gypsum said, right. it's apocalypse. You get rid of them. Mm, I get rid of them. Worms, I wouldn't. And for pesticide, I would. Uh, everything I have at home is all natural. You just cover it with a plastic bag mm-hmm. or like a metal mesh, mm-hmm. like net or something, you mm-hmm. say. And that would pretty much prevent most of it. Yeah, and Chardet, I mean, I think we earlier we uncovered your love for spiders. Maybe you just have kind of an affection for certain small insects, right? Crickets chirp, spiders make beautiful webs, you know. I guess, but also like sharks, and I want to try shark one day. You want to eat a shark one day? Yeah, try it. Eat a shark, yes. So anyway, where I was going with that thought experiment is if we're 500 times smarter than a pest that people without thinking get rid of so they can grow their garden, what if there are aliens, they fly by Earth, they recognize it'd be a great place for them to plant their gigantic food because they're gigantic in size, size, 
and they're 500 times smarter than us. Would you think it's wrong if those aliens got rid of us to plant their food? I'd say it's wrong no matter what level of intelligence it is. So then it is wrong, is it wrong every time someone uses pesticides on their crops or their garden? Yeah, because pretty much pesticide, even with some or little to no side effects, it still hurts your product and you ingest that, it's not good for you. And pretty much, if you have the power to stop, let's say that intelligent alien, I'm going to stop an intelligent alien. But they're 500 times smarter, so little pests and ants don't stop us. So mm -hmm. we're not going to stop them. Yeah, but I'm going to die trying. That's the okay. thing. Maybe, maybe pests die heroically every time somebody uses poison. Uh, Chardet, does it sound wrong if those aliens started using Earth as their garden? Mm, just a bit. I mean, there's a phrase in philosophy called might makes right. That's what we were talking about earlier. Just because somebody's stronger, does that make whatever they do okay? Or because somebody's stronger, they still have to make moral decisions and take moral considerations. That sounds like you were saying you always have to. You know, one thing, I know we're out of time, one thing we didn't get into is eating meat is really bad for the environment. Really, really bad for the environment. I mean, I think there's, you know, there's all kinds of studies like, you know, it's better to drive a gas gut. I don't know if this is exactly right, but stuff like it's better to drive a gas-guzzling SUV than it is to eat meat, because just eating meat is worse for the environment. There's all kinds of, you have to cut down trees to raise cows, you have to methane from all of the waste, on and on and on. So I think serious environmentalists usually, I, 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 it wouldn't surprise me to meet an environmentalist who says you cannot call yourself an environmentalist if you're eating meat just because of the toll it has on the environment. I find that hypocrisy pretty much. Because okay. Why? Why? If you're an environmentalist, you're pretty much saying what's best for the planet and everything that you do, let's say, oh, you have this cotton clothes. That's bad for the environment. It is. Yeah, the cotton is pretty much absorbing all that water that we could go into other wildlife. It is. Wild plant life and everything because you had to take away that land and you had to use that resource of water for it. Very true. There's, I have this book called Stuff, The Secret Life of Things. They take 10 common items, like a Coke can, a white t-shirt, a pencil, and trace back the environmental consequences of it. You're right. Virtually anything that's, remember how you said before, Chardet, you said wisely the, oh, the indoor world and the outdoor world, the human constructed world. and Basically everything in the human constructed world there's some big environmental price to pay. The dyes you use in a t-shirt, you're right, you had to grow the cotton, which means you eliminated some animal's habitat to grow it, et cetera, et cetera. And that really the only sort of harmonious way to live is to be a hunter-gatherer. <laughs> Everything else, I mean, if you cut down a bunch of trees to grow crops, you just altered the environment away from its natural state, which might be the beginning of its degradation, et cetera. This is a really high note to end on. Let's, um, let's, let's end on a high note. Everyone has to choose if you could be reincarnated as an animal, what would it be? And that's how we'll close on a high note. You want me to start? Yes. So there is this, <laughs> there's this animal in Africa. I think it's called a Thompson's Dick Dick, D-I-K, D-I-K. And I think they're like these reforesters because they like 
eat a leaf or something or some kind of seeds and then when they poop it out it's perfectly fertilized to grow more of the tree or the plant mm. so they just sort of go around replanting and I always felt like that was beautiful like they were helping maintain the land oh, oh it'd be nice to fly like an eagle too mm. Brandon oh Charday. um I'll say maybe like a a water animal totally thinking that yeah why um, cause like you have so much to explore and you could like go well, as deep as I think you want to go, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. It's a good point. Them. What? Three quarters of the planet is water. So yeah. all these land animals are on just like this small fraction of the, so who knows what's there. Would, I was going to, I was thinking, would you, who do you think had a better life? Your, the time your dog was alive, you or your dog? Um, I mean, like, would it have been good to have been your dog during that time? You don't got to go to school. I, I would, I, yeah, because dogs don't have to pay bills. You they know, they bills. just get their favorite food kettle, eat off the dinner table, you know, get uh, their belly rubbed all the get time. Get their belly rubbed, get their ears. This sounds like a good gig. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, Brandon, your animal. I'd say definitely a sea animal. So let's say immortal jellyfish. Mm. An immortal jellyfish. Because wow. I want to observe pretty much time and see how it progresses over and over again. Mm-hmm. That could be anywhere from a decade to eons. Mm-hmm. And if I so happen to get eaten, because that's the only way I'll die, mm-hmm. I'd say so be it. That's the way nature intended to. Tom, tell, the, tell the audience briefly how are certain jellyfish immortal as long as they're not eaten. The immortal jellyfish doesn't die as long as it follows its life cycle, where it goes from, like, I, I don't know how exactly it was, but it was, like, from jellyfish, it goes right back to how it came from, which is, mm. like, in, like, a little spawning area. It turns itself into a spawning area. Like, I don't know. It's like a little tube, mm-hmm. and it pops it out, and then small jellyfish, big jellyfish, and repeats that cycle over and over Indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Unless it's eaten, pretty much. You don't think it'd be boring at some point you've been alive for 600 years still in the same area of water well honestly i'd say life does get boring it just i just want to see how it goes Go you can see how stuff turns out right mm-hmm. do the bears ever win the super bowl does trump win re-election do we ever have flying cars do we ever live on mars anything like that yeah. awesome all right, Sharjay uh, and Brandon, thank you so much for an illuminating discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have you back at some point. Think about which topics you're interested in. We had, oh, we had so many good topics. I am going to ask them to talk about um, empathy and screens and face-to-face interactions because that's my little pet concern. But <laughs> thank you so much. Everybody, I, I was going to say wave goodbye. That would be, there'd be no point. This yeah. is a auditory uh, medium. So let's all say goodbye. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Thank you.